Hello, everyone. Welcome back to Stars Like Us. I'm your host, Eliza Kelly, and today I am here with a double Aquarius, uh, sun and moon in Aquarius with a rising in Libra. So I'm not even sure if our guest is here uh, in the physical plane today or is just sort of hovering overhead. This is Rashonda Tremble, who is the tarot reader of Stay Woke Tarot. Um, I'm so excited to meet you. I'm so excited to connect with you today. And I also just learned that Rashonda is in Mensa. And I have heard a rumor that Aquarian Shakira is also in Mensa. Neither of us can prove this in this moment. So I will leave it to you all, dear listeners, to verify <laughs> if this is true or if this is just hearsay. But we know that Rashonda is and she's an Aquarius. So that's all we need to know. I am a card-carrying member of Mensa, yes. Is there actually a card? You get a membership card. That's so cool. I have friends that have threatened to tear it up because I've what? made some dumb decisions, but they, <laughs> it's a running joke. <laughs> <laughs> I'll do something and I'll say, hand me your Mensa card so we can rip it up. So yeah, I mean, it's it, it proves you're a... It proves you're a good standardized test taker, but it's it's a great conversation topic. But yeah, I'm in Mensa. I've been in Mensa off and on since I was 16 and I'm 51 now. So I I love that we just already have within the first, I don't know, two minutes of our recording have already found ourselves into some of the main topics that I would love to unpack with you today, which okay. is uh, ageism, age practice metaphysical practices intellectual practices and the intersection of all of these things i would love to learn and i would love for our listeners to also learn how you got into tarot how you found yourself in the place that you are today um and just to hear about your story a little bit okay how much time we got oh as much as you need okay <laughs> <laughs> how i actually started reading tarot proper and how i got interested in it was way back in, I want to say it was like 1995 or 96 or so. I was a reporter for a television station in Greensboro, North Carolina. It's called WGHPTV. I don't know if the call letters are the same, but I was a reporter and we had to do a story on, I can't even remember if it was meta, meta, metaphysical practices or, or something like that. And there was a woman that we had found to interview who was actually a Reiki practitioner. But before she would allow me to interview her, she wanted to read my cards. And I was like, you know what? Okay, fine. I just want the story, but okay, fine. Let's do it. And uh, she read my cards. You know, I won't go into everything about, about, about the reading, but it was amazing. I mean, she, um, she really, the topics we talked about really touched me. She was spot on on a lot of things. And uh, I said, okay, I, you know, let me see if I can go a little bit deeper into it. And then the funny part about it is that um, I had bought a deck as a prop for the story because we needed to shoot some some tarot cards for um, cutaways. And I had bought it with my own money, but, you know, you get reimbursed, but you have to turn, you know, to your business or whoever you're working for, but you have to turn in what you bought. And so... When the time came for me to turn the tarot deck in so I could get my money back, I told the news director, you know what, let me just hang on to this. 
And so I hung on to the tarot deck and that's, that's really what happened. And I spent years just reading for myself. Uh, I read for myself. I did read for friends when I felt comfortable, Uh, but mostly I used it for myself until I guess you could say now about five, maybe five years ago or longer when I was reading for a friend. Uh, We had had lunch at a cafe and I did a reading for her and she said, you know, you really need to start doing this professionally. And that's how it started. So in a roundabout way, I think, um, I won't say that it just happened. I have always had an interest in otherworldly type things, but I sort of pushed them to the back of my head, like, oh, you're just being silly. Oh, nobody's interested in that. And then finally, as I started getting older and I guess more comfortable and got to the point where I just said, okay, this is me. That's when I got more comfortable with letting people know that I read tarot and started reading. And that, that's basically what happened. And were you still then between your first deck and five years ago working as a reporter for the station through that no, whole time? No, this was back when uh, this was during the state when, when I was in the States and I worked as a reporter until about until 2001. And then that's when I moved here to Europe. I'm in Zurich now. Uh, but, you know, before when I was in the States, I worked in radio. I was a DJ. I was a presenter. I was a news director for a radio station. And then I made the switch to TV. I was a news producer. I was an associate producer. I would write copy. I would, you know, um, put together newscasts. I I know I'm an astrologer because I'm like bubbling up right now with air yeah. energy excitement of being like, you're living your chart. Like, this is so yeah. perfect Aquarius stuff. I am living my <laughs> chart. I am living my chart. And then, uh, yeah, that's what I was. That's what I was doing. And then uh got married in 2001, moved here to Europe. The first marriage didn't work out, but I decided to stay. And I still, I stayed in communications. I moved over to digital. At first, I, you know, I did what everyone else, every other English speaking person, what they do when they move to a country that's not English speaking, they start teaching English. So I did that for about a year or so. And then I started working for a, an international relations and security think tank. (laughs) <laughs> at uh, at a university here. I was managing editor of the news section of that website. And then I got more into digital, started working. Um, I worked for an art fair. I did content for an art fair. I also worked for uh, a luxury watch company. So I have always been in communications, just in different genres, I guess you could say. How do you think, or do you think that your journey, your professional journey has informed your practice? Wow. It has very much informed my practice because, you know, I, my degree is in film. Um, my master's is in communications and media, and it's all about communicating. It's all about translating. And in the beginning, you know, when when I was in radio and TV, it was taking ideas or taking stories and and translating them to to the general public. For tarot or astrology, you take something and you translate it for the person you're reading for. So it's it's all related. It's about translating, but it's translating and communicating in a way where the receiver can understand it, 
and and take it to heart, especially if it's a story that is really important or or um or a message that a person needs to hear. It's all about translating and getting to the point where the person can understand. Mm-hmm. Yes, absolutely. I think I have been recently working with the metaphor of um, containers, contents, excavation, and then mm-hmm. meaning, you know, this sort of four-part system where you have some sort of a container in a metaphysical space, and then the contents of that container are the tarot cards or the planets or exactly. the energy fields, whatever. And then you have to go through some sort of process of extracting it. And I think that the extraction is really where the I mean, the humanity is involved in every step of the way. But the extraction is really when the the language of the practitioner comes into play because their perspective, their language, their translation abilities are going to inform how the contents are being interpreted. Exactly. And that's what that's what tarot is about. That's what astrology is about. So, yeah, to get back to your question, very much so it has um, it has informed my my practice. So five years ago, when you decided to pivot and start working professionally, what did was that a shift for you in the way that you engaged with the with the content with the cards I don't think there was a a shift in how I engaged it was more of a an expansion Mm -hmm. so it wasn't when I when I decided to start reading professionally it was more of like diving deeper into the pool if that makes sense it was at, at first when I was just reading for myself it was I was on top of the pool and then when you go professional, you dive a little bit deeper. I I will say, I learn, it's not just me doing a reading for a person. I learn from each person I read for. And I think being a professional, and by saying I'm a professional, I am opening myself to learn more about my practice, about my art. It's not just about me sitting in front of someone and going blah, 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 blah. It's about listening to their experiences also. And that makes me a better tarot reader. It also makes me a better listener. Yes, I I am. So I just uh, hosted my first virtual retreat. And one of the exercises that we did on the first day was practicing listening. Um, I think it's integral. I think that it's a essential component of being a practitioner, really hearing what people are saying. Mm-hmm. listening to their responses, listening to their answers, mm-hmm. and then critically thinking about how those pieces fit together. Exactly. And it's when I when I when I start a reading with with someone, I will tell them, look, the way I read is that it's a conversation. It should not be I say that the I'm exact si- same thing. Okay, cool. I I, yeah. I I will tell them I should not be sitting here and talking for an entire hour. I can because I can talk. But if if it's just me going blah, 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 blah for an entire hour, that's not your reading. At least, you know, you can say something. You can say if something resonates. You can say if it doesn't resonate. I have had clients, I have put a card, pulled a card, and I'd say, you know, okay, maybe it represents this. And I have had someone say, you know what? I think maybe it's something different because that card just made me think of a, B, C, and D. And then the reading goes in another direction, which is wonderful. And we start talking about it. 
And that makes the reading so rich. And that's also what I mean by it's, it's, it's a two-way street when you're giving a reading for someone. And that's how I learn, you know, that's how I build my practice by, you know, by talking to these people, by hearing their stories. I love it. I really love what I do. Do you um, find yourself or how do you manage when somebody comes into a session and they do those classic, like, I'm not going to, I thought you should know, or I'm not going to tell you this, or like, I'm holding, I'm holding back information in order for it to be this sort of like cinematic fortune teller experience. Uh Um, I will be honest with you. I have been extremely lucky. I have never had anyone do that to me. I've never had anyone say, oh, I thought you should know. Um, Maybe it's because uh, if you go on my website and you read, I'm very clear about how I read and my ethics. And so maybe if a person reads that, they're not going to waste their money coming to me if they want to play games. Right. <laughs> totally. You know, that's the thing. I mean, it's they're, they're wasting their time. So if they read that and they're that type of person, like, oh, I expect you to tell me. I, I haven't had that. Now, I have had many people come to me and say, I don't have a question. I don't even know why I booked a session with you. I just have. I just had the feeling I I needed to book one with you, but I don't know why. And I say, okay, great. Let's just see what the cards, what the cards have to say. And we go from there. And those have been some fabulous sessions. And that's the thing I tell folks, you don't have, if you don't have a question, that's fine. But there is a reason why you went to my site, went to my appointment page, found a time and clicked that button and paid the money. So, So something's going on. But maybe that's your your subconscious was saying, okay, we need to get in touch with this person so I can I can get a message to you. And I think that has a lot to do with it too. So a person may not think they have a question. They may not think they have, you know, anything to dig deeper into, but there's something going on deep down inside that has sort of led them to uh, book a session. Yeah, I, I always say, um, you know, unless you book this astrology session when you were drunk, which has <laughs> yeah. happened maybe once or twice in my career where somebody's yeah. like, listen, I just really did an impulse buy with you. And I was like, that's cool. Like, let's yeah. let's see what happens. Um, but I over the years. And I think that this actually kind of also is an interesting segue into talking about age and experience, because my practice has shifted tremendously over the years and is still shifting today. It's changing all the time. And I really I'm always trying to honor that even when it's uncomfortable. I feel personally like I'm in a very transitional state right now um, with how I want to interact with the work that I do. I feel like I'm, you know, my north node is in Aquarius and I feel very Aquarian um, as opposed to the Leo sun that I also have, which is where my south node is. Wow. I'm just going through these different I'm, I'm changing. I'm growing. I'm on the other side of my Saturn return. I'm older than I was when I first started, about 10 years older. So just naturally, I'm I'm uh, evolving as I am evolving and growing up, and my practice is changing too. When I was younger, I think I used to 
lean much more into wanting to impress because I mm-hmm. felt like I had to. And you're also younger, so you're cockier and you're a little, you know, you have the energy to want to be like, yeah, let me show you all of the cool esoteric techniques that I have that I could pull out of the session. And now, you know, I, I don't have the same interest or energy or motivation to do that. I love um, disclaimers, managing expectations, sort of mm-hmm. setting people up to know what is going to happen in their session so that we're all on the same page going in Saturn style and then we can play, you know. When we have those boundaries, then it gives us a lot more room than if we just think that we're just out there with the sky's the limit of possibility. Like, no, the cards are only going to tell you as much as you're willing to give back. Right. And astrology is only going to be as mind blowing as you're willing to work with this diagram because it's Mm -hmm. a fucking diagram. You know, it's nothing. It is not doing anything on its own. You need to animate it as the client, you know, as the participant. So. I have found myself recently just giving myself so much, you know, wanting to give myself such a big hug for sort of reaching different milestones in my own practice, growing out of some habits, adopting others, being very honest with myself. And I feel like I've become a much better reader and practitioner as I've gotten older, as I've dropped into myself more. Um, But then there's another issue which is the ageism factor, not just in the metaphysical space, in all spaces, but, you know, microcosm, macrocosm. We could just contain it to the metaphysical world and and that would be sufficient for seeing it in all other dimensions. Um, But I definitely have, you know, Gen Z loves metaphysical exploration and I am so excited for them to love it. Um, I'm so excited that so many people in their teen years and early 20s are diving headfirst into this material. I, I'm, it's so inspiring. But at the same time, I also feel that it's just as a byproduct of the fact that they are much younger, that their readings are going to not be able to necessarily have the same depth and scope as somebody who has either age experience well, both. I mean, age experience, whether or not it's in tarot or astrology at all, just wisdom, just age, life, lived experience. That doesn't mean I'm I'm now being ages to younger people and invalidating it. But I think that we need to have voices across all different generations in order for us to be able to have a full language set for these these practices. Um, and how I found you was a post that you had made or. Uh, a video I, I can't remember which, but it was it, it was, was specifically video, yeah. yeah, it was specifically yeah. addressing this, and it had been on my mind as well. I, I felt I say tank, there are no coincidences. It felt like that when I saw your post because I was like, yeah, this is an issue. Mm-hmm. We've got a problem here. Mm-hmm. Um, so I would love to know your experience with that, your thoughts on it, and just yeah, here here where you are. I it's funny because I almost didn't post it. Wow. It took me a very, very long time to hit that button and and, wow. and, and, and post that video because I I didn't want to <laughs> I, I tried one thing is that I try not to post or do anything when I'm frustrated because it's gonna come across wrong. So I try not to do that. 
also, I remember that we were either coming up on a full moon or it was a full moon when I uploaded that. And I'm just not good around full moons. You know how some, <laughs> seriously, you know how some folks, they feel so powerful. Well, you were born during a new moon. So the new moon is really more of where your comfort zone is. Exactly. And I was just about to, I'm more of a new moon type person. Um, but full moons, they are horrid for me. And so I, I said, it's a full moon. I don't want to post this because I didn't want to feel like I, I had the fear that I was going to sound like, oh, these kids out here, get off my lawn. Oh, you young rabble rousers. When I was a young terror reader, I was and I didn't want to sound like that. But what was getting to me was it was just the logic behind it. I had just read like a succession of interviews with very talented younger readers. And, you know, they were coming up on Google News. You know how Google News, it'll serve you the I get a lot of tarot articles anyway. And so I was reading these articles and then it sort of got to me. I was like, well, this person is what, 20 something, this person, maybe 30. And then I said, okay, so hold up a second. People are talking about this, this old ish, you know, practice of tarot and people have been doing it for so long and, and all of this, but then the people that are being interviewed are young. There is nothing wrong with that. but. It's sending out the wrong message. As you said, there needed to be more voices. There needed to be, there needs to be more inclusion. Um, not, I'm not even going to say because, you know, just because I'm older, I'm wiser. It's not that because I've done some dumb shit. I did some dumb shit last week. So I'm not going <laughs> to sit up here and say that. But it gets to like experience. And also just in terms of, again, logic. Because I have been alive for a certain length of time, I have been reading cards for a certain length of time. There's just a particular type of knowledge that I am going to have that a tarot reader who is 25 will not have. Doesn't mean that they're a bad tarot reader, but there have been sometimes I have done readings for people. And I try not to get personal in readings. I try not to divulge too much about my myself because it's that person's hour. You know, it's not for me, you know, it's not for me to tell them my stuff or whatever. But I have been in been in readings where the person I'm reading for is going through something that I went through maybe 25 years ago, and they are in tears and they think it's the end of the world. And I'm reading the cards for them. And sometimes I do, you know, I, I make sure I separate myself out of it. But there has been a point when I've said, okay, at the end of the reading, all right, now that we've done this reading, I'm going to tell you my story. And I want you just, you know, when I said, give me two minutes and I will tell them if something is exactly the same they've went, been through. And I said, look at me as someone who survived what you were going through. And they'll go, oh, wow. And I said, so think of me as being you 25 years later, surviving and thriving. And it's like, wow. And so that's, that's what I'm saying. There's room for tarot readers of all ages. But there's another aspect of this too. A lot of us, or at least the people I know in doing tarot reading and astrology are very, um, I mean, you could say we're feminist or we're very open. 
And so the field itself should be open and welcoming to all. So if you are a tarot reader or if you are in this type of, I don't know if you want to call it a business, and you are buying into or supporting these stereotypes that a tarot reader should be a 25-year-old, you know, young, white, blonde girl or whatever, then, you know, maybe you need to check yourself in terms of your alignments. That's just my opinion. I'm not going to say it's right, but it's just, it doesn't add up to me when people take that track. Yeah, I I really hear you. And I also feel very, um, you know, for our younger listeners, uh, I hope you get older. You know, I I hope our younger listeners get older. I hope people can, um, will be alive long enough to be able to age and deal with seeing how society, because of so many reasons, preferences youth and preferences a very specific type of youth and a specific look and feel of youth and why that is the case. And I hope that you get old enough to get frustrated yourself, yeah. you know, because that's yeah. also something that I mean, I, I can go into so many realms in this. I'm a deeply, very, very deeply spiritually connected to my grandmother who is still here on this planet, albeit 91 in a nursing home, survived COVID in New York City in a nursing home that uh, 50 percent of the people died in. She did not get COVID you know, knock on wood, she's been vaccinated. But what I have seen over the past year in ageism in the United States, and I I can't speak to other countries, but here where I am, has broken my heart that people have just said, oh, well, old people will die from COVID. And I, it makes me sick to my stomach because it is so disgusting. And no wonder, no wonder society is so fucked up is because we're not allowing wisdom to come through you know we're not listening to people after a certain age and we're not taking them seriously and we're not valuing them because Mm -hmm. we have been brainwashed to see our worth in economics and it's i i if we can't fix this in the metaphysical space i have no hope (laughs) exactly and that's and that's the thing and that's what i was getting at if we you know we're quote-unquote supposed to be the ones that are in tune with all this and that's the concept behind stay woke tarot that's why i chose stay woke and let me just say this i wasn't being um because like the term stay woke is so hip and popular and happening now but for me stay woke. That's something that me and my friends, we've been saying for a long time, even way, way back when um, it was school days. And there's the end of the movie School Days uh, by Spike Lee. And I cannot remember Lawrence Fishburne's character's name, but he's screaming at everyone uh, on the college campus, wake up, wake up. And school days came out, I think, like in the 80s or so. So that, let, let me just say that. But getting back to the, the us being metaphysical practitioners and being aware of the why, being aware, staying woke, like, why do we have this ageism? Why do we have, all, you know, wh- why do these 
are these young people being pumped up to think that they know it all, even in terms of being aware and staying woke about the ads you're being served? Totally. That's what, you know, sometimes I will even, I'll screenshot the ads that I am being served in my Instagram feed and post those as a story to see, to tell people, look, this is what I, I see every single day. What are those ads? The ads, I have gotten ads for um, losing weight. I have got, and, and remember, I'm here in Zurich, so it's going to be a tad bit different, but weight loss, well, maybe not, uh, my teeth, uh, the best smile, you know, getting the Visalign, nothing is wrong with that, but teeth, losing weight, liposuction, I get ads for weaves, uh, 3A, 3B curly weaves, like almost every single ad other than the high-end stuff, because I get some nice stuff too. But the the ads about the body, it's like changing something. It's like um, making something quote-unquote better. And we need to be aware of that. I'm not even going to knock marketers and advertisers because they're doing their job. But a lot of times I, I even with tarot readings and people are saying, well, I'm this, I'm this and I'm that. I'm okay. Why? Where did that thinking come from? Totally. And then we start, we, we start with those cards. Okay. Let's dig down into this. Where did this come from? And that's, that's sort of the, the, the base of how I read. Uh, because nine times out of 10, there is not a gosh darn thing wrong with the person that is sitting in front of me or is on Zoom with me. It's about the messaging that th- that is being shoved down their throats. And that's what the cards bring out. I, I, am, I could not be, uh, be also more riled up by these things. I mean, I, the internet is going through its Saturn return right now. And I hope that one of the things that is going to be reconsidered is the way that our psyches interact with ads on social media is not the same as billboards, is not the same as magazine posts, is is not the same. It has different implications because if it is sandwiched between the tarot reader you love and your little sister, and then in the middle, someone is saying, you're you're not good. You're not doing something right. That is going to feel personal. It's going to feel personal and it's going to be metabolized differently in the psyche then if you can detach from being like, oh, I know that's a billboard because I'm driving. These ads are designed to look like they're your friends telling you things. Mm-hmm. And mm-hmm. it the implications on one's mind and how that um, leaves you to believe that everything that you're doing, you could be doing better is yeah. really um, it sets you up for. I mean, beyond just deep limitation, self-loathing, you know, it's very hard to overcome those things unless Mm -hmm. you somehow can maybe this is air sign energy hover above it and become a critical participant in the things that you see and you screenshot and you're aware and you're cognizant and you're also not taking anything at face value. Right. Right. And that's the thing. I mean, when when during a session, when we start talking about that, sometimes I will even ask if the person knows about tarot. Okay, what card makes you think about this? We pull that card out or like, oh, I saw I I had someone say, yeah, I see these ads for I can't even remember what it what it was, but it was something where they felt pressured to do something or make themselves quote unquote look better. And I'm doing a scare quotes here. And then I would say, okay, what card makes you, what, what card do you connect with that? Oh, the, 
I don't know. I can't even think what they said now. Uh, maybe seven of swords. I, I can't remember. But anyway, we pulled the card and we just said, okay, let's dig deeper into this, what this means for you. And that's how, you know, you get down to maybe it's what someone told you when you were younger. Maybe someone told you you were ugly when you, you were younger. And I'll tell, tell them, you know what? People lie. Yes. People will tell you this because they're jealous. That's the seven. That's where the seven of swords came in. Yeah. That's such a good seven of swords card. Exactly. Yeah. That's yeah. why I was like, that's why the seven of swords. Yeah. Came that's up. such a good seven of swords. I said, there are some people out there when they see that you have potential, they are so jealous. They will tell you something just to screw you up that I rem- I'm reminded of the scene in, was it I, Tanya? the movie, the Tanya Harding movie, where she was about to go out uh, for some championship. She was about to go out on the ice. And I don't know if this is true or not, but the scene cut to her mother giving the guy, this guy some money that had heckled her, that had heckled Tanya to make, try to make her fall. And so there are people out there and talking about the seven of swords energy that will try to screw you up because they're jealous. They will tell you things. So that's what we get into, um, you know, in, w- with reading sometimes. You know, it's not you. It's not all you. It's a society that we were dropped into. And by using tarot, and it doesn't have to be tarot. It could be tarot. It could be astrology. It could be chicken bones. Whatever you, you know, tea leaves, whatever you need as, a, as an aid, as an accoutrement, whatever, to help you get down into your subconscious and say, okay, this is who I am, really. This is who I am. And I am worthy to breathe air, be alive and walk around like the badass that I am. And that's what I think that tarot can do or any other type of aid that you use to link to that. So how do you think we should, how are we going to fix the ageism component? here oh i was afraid you're gonna ask (laughs) (laughs) oh my gosh i think here's what i think i think it is going to take a brave writer or journalist to interview someone like if there's someone working for cosmopolitan sorry you know or someone working for another magazine and they are given an assignment you know okay we need to find a tarot reader to talk about valentine's day or something and just to say okay i know someone who is 60 or whatever who would be great for this article even if they don't fit the target group and that's that's one thing i said in the video is that i I understand that these shops have target groups. I get it. But don't make the mistake of thinking this target group only identifies with people their age, because that's not the case. Sometimes they do want to hear from someone older. I think that's where where editors and assignment editors go wrong. I also think... It's not fair to use the word. It's not, people are under time pressure and people at these magazines, uh, other types of media shops, they're under time pressure. And so when they are given an assignment, 
like that. They're like, okay, who's the first person I can find? I know a PR person who knows some tarot readers. Let me just do that. And I get that. But then, you know, you you can take a couple of more minutes and look on Instagram and go, okay, who else is out there? That's what I'm saying. It just takes a little bit of bravery. Will it solve the ageism? No, but it will give a little bit of visibility. Young people need to know <laughs> that it, your life isn't over when you turn, when you're over 40. And I think that's the thing. I, I think uh, once they start seeing I'm not just talking people like me. I'm, I've named other folks. When they start seeing older people who are thriving and living and doing these particular jobs, like being a tarot reader, being an astrologer, and making somewhat of a living, it's like, oh, okay, that can be my future. That's another, that's another aspect to it. So will it solve it? No. But it will at least give some people some hope. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And I think that it's important for younger people to not, I mean, again, going back to what I saw over this past year with, with COVID and the way that people, young people, uh, and this is also, unfortunately, you know, the messaging that was coming from the political figures. The administration. Yeah. Yeah. But the way that, I mean, it really breaks my heart and it makes me really want to cry. And I will probably cry because the way that just the elderly were so discarded and so sacrificed, nobody should be treated like that. Nobody should be left out to pasture. And I think Mm -hmm. that it's young people's responsibility to recognize that humanity is humanity, regardless of what age you are, what you identify as, what your skin color is. Like, we need to take care of each other. We need to take care of the living. We need to take Mm -hmm. care of the living, and we need Mm -hmm. to respect the living. And we need Mm -hmm. to respect the dead, too, there's no reason to rush that fucking process for people right. on their behalf. Right. And that is not acceptable. That shows mm-hmm. the fact that we disregard certain people, including older people. Exactly. And it's and that's, yeah. it's 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 very upsetting. And I think that we need to kind of, you know, I, I don't know if we're going to be able to fix what has happened and the damage that has been done, but we could at least start to talk about the fact that there was a lot of damage done and there has been a lot of damage done and it's time to start making big changes so that we, it, this should there be another virus that comes through, we would not just say, well, the old people will die and that's that, you know? Exactly. Yeah. I found it disgusting. I, um, when, when I heard people say, oh, well, you know, they're old anyway, oh, or they had a pre-existing condition. I'm like, what is, what the, what is wrong what with What is you wrong people? with people? And that's, yeah, yeah. But that, again, that goes into the ageism, which is, you know, I mean, I, we, I don't think we should beat up on the metaphysical community that much because it's just a reflection of what's going on externally. But I do think we should be in touch enough to say, guys, this is what's going on. Yeah. That's what I think the difference is. And I, I think by honoring older people like, you know, Rachel Pollack or Mary Greer or, you know, these or Sheila Height, these tarot readers that have been around for so long, talking to them, interviewing them, and not just talking and interviewing them about being old, quote unquote old, right. but talking to them about tarot. Totally. Let's talk to them. Let's get their wisdom about, you know, uh, about the cards, about 
you know, the same subjects that you hand off to these younger readers, the, the ones 16 above can do it too. Totally. Totally. Yeah. Or 15 above, 40 above, whatever. When, yeah. in, when we were coming into this interview, that was what I, I didn't know if we should come in and talk about age and talk about ageism, because I also just want to get to know you, period. Separately, okay, yes. you know what I mean? Okay. <laughs> okay. <laughs> no, but I think yeah. that that kind of, I took this amazing, when I was in college, I took this fabulous women in art class that changed my life, that changed my perception of society. I was very, you know, it was mm-hmm. one of those sort of milestone watershed classes. And the reason that it was so great is because the first day the professor said this class shouldn't exist. The fact that you are all art history students and we've had to now subdivide women in art as a separate class that is one semester long and that is that is a problem. This class is a problem. And to problematize while we study, to me, changed my life and it changed the way that I think that I could approach situations because I could come into a situation recognizing the fact that I'm even coming into it points to the problem. That doesn't mean I shouldn't learn it, but it it sheds light on the fact that something is amiss to begin with. And in this case, you know, I want to talk to you about you, your story, your whether you read reverse cards. But I also want to talk to you about ageism because it's something that you can speak to. But that is a problem. The fact that having you on this podcast and making the whole fucking episode about it is a problem because it shouldn't have to be that way. We should just be able to coexist as practitioners. Mm -hmm. Because, you know, I think I'm an interesting person. Exactly. (laughs) Right. Beyond 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 the age. Yes. Yeah. Beyond the age. uh, Yeah. I mean, I, I completely agree. But, you know, it is it's an issue. It is it is very much an issue. It's um, yeah, it's just something that needs to be discussed. So, yeah, there we go. Well, I, I but you can ask me anything. Well, else now too, I do. Like, I, okay. Now I do <laughs> want to know, do you read reverse cards? Um, I do not read reverse cards. When I started reading tarot, I did read reverse cards. The reason why I don't read reverse cards now is because usually the entire context of the situation doesn't really need reverse cards. You can kind of figure out the the yes or the no or whatever from just to spread itself upright. Also, nothing is ever really black and white. To me, a reverse card was too much like, okay, if it's upright, it's good. If it's reversed, it's bad or whatever, or it's completely the opposite. Normally, it's not like that. The other thing is, um, and I encountered this when I started reading, I would place so much emphasis on that reverse card. I could have... A 10 cards, Celtic cross spread saying everything is great, ending with the sun or ending with the 10 of cups. But then I will have one reverse card and I will just, because it looks, it's different from the rest of the cards, I would focus completely, totally on that card. And for me, that's not a that's not a balanced reading. So right. that's why I didn't I just stopped doing reversals. I said this isn't it, it didn't add anything. I'm not against other people doing it, but um just for me it it made things more complicated than what they should be. Yeah, I, I feel the same way. I also don't read reverse cards um because my what I'm striving to in every component of my life is to not work with good and bad and the premise of good and bad. 
because mm-hmm. it that sort of like Christian Judeo moral compass of binary is is very limiting. <laughs> it's it's limiting. very limiting. It is really, really limiting. And that, you know, upright or turned around, that's eh, for me, it's kind of like, eh, that it's not that easy. Yes. You know? So yeah. Yeah. So to answer your question, no, I I don't. But if a person feels comfortable doing it, go for it. So where can we find you? Where can we um support your work and where can we book you for a reading if we if, when when we all are going to be rushing your page know, hopefully after this i know everyone's gonna run to staywoketarot.com well here's the thing you can find me on instagram at staywoketarot at uh what is staywoketarot my website is staywoketarot.com i do readings and the the thing is i open up readings from month to month so on a monthly basis so if you go to the appointment calendar and you see no readings open at all. It just means all of them for that month are booked out. The best thing to do is subscribe to my newsletter. And that's when I announce, okay, I have readings open for this month. So that's where you can find me. Great. Perfect. Well, thank you so much for your time. This has been so lovely, so delightful. You are welcome, Lisa. And anytime. It was great talking to you. You as well. Mm -hmm.